And welcome to Deus Life, an aspirational podcast. I am Patrick, and here with me, as always, is... Hayden. Boom. Hayden, how you doing today? Doing all right, man. Happy Sunday. I did not get as much sleep as I should have last night, so I am caffeinating. How the tables have turned. They have. For those of you listening, yesterday we talked about uh, insomnia, and... To be honest with you, your sharing your stories and experience with insomnia helped me realize the scale to which some people experience it, mm-hmm. and I that I left that feeling really grateful to be able to fall asleep relatively quickly myself. So thank you, thank you for that. But I'm tired today, <laughs> so I'm not practicing what I was thinking as I was saying as we were talking yesterday. I was like, man, I'm gonna get a really good night's sleep. Next thing you know, it's 1.37 in the morning and Ooh. crashing out late. And I mean, the show must go on. So we got to wake up and track. And here we are right now. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, I thought you were about to say that my insomnia diatribe infected you like a Ooh. virus and kind of caused you to experience that pain. I mean, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a horrible experience. I hate it. But here's some positive news to report. So typically my little bouts, you know, they last a few days and they can get bad. But because I'm such a sleep ninja and I've made my life about sleep, I have little hacks now that I can implement anytime we start going down that road. So yeah, tell us about them. Uh, last night, um, I made sure I cut caffeine intake. Didn't have any issues there. Um, and I made sure that last night around 830, um, smoked a lot of weed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Indica or sativa? I go heavy Indicas. Nice. Um, okay. And I actually don't smoke much anymore, so it doesn't take much. Uh, you know, I, I like to keep a zero tolerance. It's sort of like with caffeine. I think it's a drug best enjoyed. Um, Intermi- occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah occasionally. you got to make it a treat. The thing about weed, it's like, it's too easy to fall in love with it and smoke every day. <laughs> it's You can fall into that trap really easily. And some people are able to do that without issues. I'm not one of those people. I feel like I'm less productive if I smoke every day. So um, I keep it to like uh, a few times a month now Cool. when I need it. It's in my sleep tool bag. All right. So you activated that tool. What else you got in the tool bag? I have these glasses that block blue and green light. We'll put so, a link to those in the show notes. Yeah. There's we, don't, really, we, don't, we don't have an Amazon affiliate account yet, so we can't, uh, you can't support the show by buying the glasses. But you know what, Patrick? Maybe you and I, we can each wear our glasses because mm-hmm. I haven't mentioned this. Patrick showed me his red, red glasses and I was... Loki kind of impressed. So I yeah, bought pretty my, cool. I bought my own pair about eight or ten months ago and I rock them occasionally. So I think there's uh I think that's who we're probably gonna have to reach out to for our first podcast sponsorship. And yeah. uh, we're gonna start having episodes where all of where both of us and our guest are wearing <laughs> the uh, the red glasses. Ooh, deus after dark. Deus wow. after dark. Well, even oh. deus in the day. Wow. And uh, we'll, we'll just all gradually get more and more tired and lethargic while we're recording. And then at the end, it will be tracking silence because we will all be asleep. It is pretty amazing. There's red light therapy. Um, and that's for different reasons when you're applying it to skin. Um, but w- when it comes to eyes, there's, there's really two ways. You can just expose your eyes to red light, which seems like a really annoying process. Or you can just block out the other wavelengths. So um, that's what these do. They make your world very red. Um, for a while, I had to wear them every night just to kind of get my body's circadian rhythm back back in place after a really bad bout a while ago. Um, and I watched a lot of uh, important TV series in all red. <laughs> so what do you so what uh, what show do you remember watching? The Outsider on HBO. The Outsider yeah. on HBO. I watched HBO. it in all red, and uh, it's a very dark show at times, so I'd have to so bug Kyle, my roommate. Hey, Kyle, what character is that? <laughs> yep. Is that uh, Gleep Glorp over there, or is that Gleep the Glorp. sheriff? Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. So that was a fun experience. All right. So the red glasses and the tactical smoke. Yes, tactical smoke. Yes, yes. It's amazing. You put the word tactical in front of anything and suddenly it's uh, it seems much cooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm a very intentional smoker. Um, I, I have some tactical laundry to do later today. Yes. So uh, for those of you that weren't impressed by my laundry needs today, uh, <laughs> now that it's tactical laundry, uh, just yeah, I'm waiting for the fan club to start. So yeah, I do right. this thing now where after laundry, I just make a pile in my room and I let it sit there for as long as possible without folding it or putting away till eventually it's a much smaller manageable pile. <laughs> okay, because you've been slowly been picking away yeah, at it. I've been picking at it. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I just take that, a shirt off the top every day. I yeah. think if anything, that's a prudent thing to do because you were limiting the spread of coronavirus mm-hmm. by making sure that sure. you don't commingle the clothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so you got the glasses and you got the tactical smoke. And then what else goes into like your full assault on insomnia doing absolutely pulling out all the stops, doing every single thing you can to make sure you have the best night of sleep possible? Uh, Vitamin D sup in the morning, sun exposure in the afternoon. And uh, here's a really important one. All right, wait a minute. Before we get to the really important one, you got to tell me more about the vitamin D sup. Is this vitamin D3? How many IUs are you taking? Are you taking it as part of a multivitamin? Tell me about that first. No, 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 no. I'm one of these actually smart people who (laughs) who doses properly. Uh, I take a 5,000 IU D3 mixed with, uh, I think it's 180 micrograms K2. Okay. That's my supplement. For those of you listening, uh, there are soft gel vitamins mm-hmm. that are combinations of all kinds of things and so you can get vitamin e you can get fish oil and there is one great one that patrick is fond of that i think is pretty interesting as well which is a mixture of vitamin d3 as well as vitamin k2 correct so why don't you tell us a little bit more about those uh they're they're compatriots um k2 is an important cofactor in some reactions that uh help in uh, how vitamin d manages calcium homeostasis and we, uh, if you want a deep dive on vitamin D, you should check out the Joel Gould episode. That's a good one to reference here. Um, we really go deep in vitamin D. That's so. episode six for those of you listening. Yeah, exactly. And uh, okay, so you got the vitamin D, vitamin D three supplement mm-hmm. with some K two, and you yep. can buy those on Amazon if you search vitamin D three K two. And then you said sun exposure in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That's just another sort of vitamin D aspect. Now, I would prefer not to supplement vitamin D. I would prefer to get it from the sun. And again, a lot more information here in episode six. But um, yeah, that, that's the way I prefer to get it. The supplements is sort of like, let me boost it a little bit on some days. And then if I know I'm not going to be able to get outside in the afternoon, which is rare, mm-hmm. um, then I'll supplement a little bit around 10 or 11. All right. Um, and so you those got, two are important. So those two are important, but I cut you off before you got to the big one. Yeah, so the big t- one. So tell me what the big one is. As you cough and crack open that Coke Zero. <laughs> Yeah, the big one is, uh, you know, even though it's summertime and it's not, yeah, it's pretty temperate at night still here. Free summer. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I put the AC on about 65 degrees. Okay. <laughs> Get it real chilly in there and then snuggle up with Banky. Yeah. Oh, that's my blanket. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Real stretch on that name there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cut out the L and oh, then I okay. switched the T to a Y and that Whoa. makes it a completely original name for a blanket. I, I almost didn't recognize the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. not, that's not well, another human. It's it's a blanket. Because I, I know a lot of research studies have shown that the best environment to sleep in is a very cold, very dark room as well. Mm-hmm. So do you have any light intrusion? Do you have... Yeah, my uh, research has shown that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Anecdotally, or is this yeah, yeah, yeah. research that you've conducted with others? Yeah, it's an N of one. N of um, one. Well, sometimes an N of two, maybe. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, it's interesting. I, I try to black out as much as possible. Uh, whoever installed the shades in my room put the sort of part where the chain link connects in the wrong place, so I can only pull it a certain amount before oh. that part hits into the um, into the gears, into the into the wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really explained this well. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I can't close them all the way. But it, it gets pretty dark. Um, it's a nice sleeping environment, aside from this little piece of metal that clangs against the wall um, at infrequent rates. <laughs> oh, that would be that would drive me nuts. Yeah, yeah. Is there much street noise? Not really. I face um, my window actually faces another apartment building, and it's. There's like a young guy living there that I sometimes hear having like deep weed conversations. Sometimes I hear him having sex. Uh, and then there's like four other units that look like old people with like the plastic coverings on the furniture live there, but either died and no one's found them or they left. Okay. <laughs> like, they look like these perfectly preserved apartments that no one moves around in or lives in. I never see any people in there. The windows are always wide open. Uh, it, it's a pretty bizarre apartment building. Yeah. It just seems like maybe that one guy killed all the other <laughs> tenants Yeah, <laughs> and didn't alert anybody. Uh, but he actually seems like a nice guy, you know, okay. shout out to you. Uh, you know, if you're listening, which I can't imagine you are, but if you are yeah. shout out to you, uh, apartment of, five, uh, yeah, speaking of, sh- speaking of shout outs, we have a couple of shout outs. Yeah. Do it. Okay. So the first shout out is, uh, I gotta say, we're at the beginning of a of a dueling mom battle in terms <laughs> of the support for the podcast. So, to let you know, uh, Patrick's mom jumped out to a very impressive and early lead by being the first uh, maternal or mom figure to uh, support our Patreon page. Support our Patreon, uh, which you can do if you go to deuslifepod.com. That's D E Y U S lifepod.com. There's a link to support us. We appreciate the support. Uh, when my mom found out about that from yours truly, mm-hmm. shitster Hayden Wheatley, um, she went on and backed it. And so then we have a, uh, a new development, which is that this <laughs> morning slash overnight, we got a we got our very first uh, form submission. Yeah, yeah. From a mom. We've had from some form submissions. Yeah. I don't know why we haven't read some of them. We will respond to all of them and we'll read most of them. And by the way, there's like few things that make me feel better or more confident or positive than uh, when we receive a form submission. So if you're listening and you're a fan and you've listened to more than one episode and you haven't submitted a question, please get on that. Please um, get on that. It, it'll be fun for both of us. It, it keeps us going. Um, the fact that somebody's listening to this and takes even 30 seconds or 45 seconds or a minute out of their day to send us a quick message with questions, thoughts, concerns, feedback, things you'd like to learn more about, please, please, please know that they, uh, they smile, they make a smile brighten our day. So one of the, uh, so the quote from, uh, so my mom submitted one and Mm -hmm. she said sometime on one of your podcasts, I would be interested to know which classical music pieces especially speak to you. Thanks. Look forward to more shows. Well, that's great because this is an episode of the podcast and I'm happy to answer that question. Please do. Kick it off. Okay. So she said pieces. Yeah, she Not did. Not composers we, necessarily. So I'm going to I'm gonna try to choose specific pieces. Um, one of my hobbies, which I don't do much anymore, but it's actually really beneficial to this podcast because I learned about sort of laptop production. I used to spend a lot of time making sample-based hip-hop beats on my computer and uh I sampled a lot of classical stuff. So that's where a lot of this is coming from. Uh, Let's see. I wrote down some notes here. So here's one that nobody knows about that they should check out. 
please, I hope I'm saying this correctly, but Janko Nilovich. Spell it. J-A-K-O, wait, J-A-N-K-O space uh, N-I-L-O-V-I-C. So he's a Greek-Hungarian uh, composer, lived in France. Um, he's got some really cool albums, and, and you should check it out. It's sort of a classical backbone, but there's a lot of like rock and psychedelic um, influences there. He was doing a lot of his work like mid-20th century, when a lot of sort of next phase of rock and roll after the beginning was coming along. So there's a lot of people experimenting, and, and he does really interesting things and goes all over the place. So is that a classical piece then? Yeah, classical? I'd say the backbone genre would be classical, okay. um, but he goes all over the place. Um, here's another one that I love, Ryuichi Sakamoto. Okay, tell us about him. Many might be familiar with him. He's done a lot of popular film scores. Um, the Revenant is probably his most popular one, but he's been around for decades. And uh, he's one of these uh, sort of perfectly Japanese <laughs> people who really devotes himself to the craft. I mean, that's like a big part of Japanese culture. And he really lives it. Um, there was a documentary called Coda about him and his struggle with cancer while composing The Revenant. How do you spell that? C-O-D-A. C-O-D-A. Yeah, All yeah. Right. It's a pretty cool doc. Um, I wouldn't really recommend it if you're not a fan. It'll probably be boring for you. But um, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence theme song is something that everybody should check out um, by him. That's a great introduction and something I sampled frequently. <laughs> Very cool. Um, moving down the list here, Bach in general, I'm a fan of. I like those like Matthew minimalist uh, compositions. Um, there's a piece by Korsakov called, God, it's really hard, S-H-E-H-E-R-E-Z-A-D-E. So it's probably Scheherazade. Scheherazade. Yeah. That, that's um, a really long, complex piece with uh, probably the best violin parts ever maybe the best violin solo uh, it's like very affecting and uh kind of cuts to your core so i would check that out for sure um gershwin fan lots of personality american classic um and then uh here's some newer ones and i'll end on these trent reznor and atticus ross i would call classical for a lot of their soundtrack work. This is Trent Reznor of Nine, of Inch, Nine Nails Inch Nails fame. fame. Yes, yes. Um, so his soundtrack work is awesome. Uh, actually, the one I keep going back to, of course, Social Network, everybody knows that soundtrack as being killer. Um, the Watchmen HBO series soundtrack, pretty great. I think actually his best work. Really? Mm -hmm. Not not including Nine Inch Nails. Okay, <laughs> all right, so his best classical work. In terms of him and Atticus Ross doing film scores, and uh, are, that's are, my favorite. Are, are, they, are they a team? Okay. Yeah, for the composing aspect of his career, he's always with him. And that guy plays with Nine Inch Nails now, too. I'm actually a huge Nine Inch Nails fan, if uh, you didn't know that. Uh, we didn't. Tell yeah, us more about that. Yeah, yeah huge Nine Inch Nails Okay, fan. cool. All right, well, now that, we've, now that we've established that. Actually, Closer might be one of my favorite tracks of all time. Okay. Any. And that that's one of those instances where the band's most popular song is actually their best song. Really? Okay. Yeah. So what's an example of another? Yeah, maybe like Head Like a Hole is also okay. a great Nine Inch Nails. That could be top contender. What's an example of another band that has a very famous song that you Ooh, don't think is their best song? And what's their oh. best song? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's like every group. That, that, okay. That's the majority. Um, but we still want to have some listeners after this, so don't go shitting on every band. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying it's usually the most popular song isn't the best necessarily. Um, it's kind of just what breaks them. I mean, there's so many bands that their most popular thing isn't exactly representative of them, I guess. Like that, that's a pretty common thing. 
Um, where they do something that's not their style, and for whatever reason that pops. Yeah, like a really great, well. uh, very topical example. So the, um, was it Adam something from Fountains of Wayne just died from oh, coronavirus? Oh, he did pass away, yeah. The Stacey's Mom yeah. band. So you got it going on. Yeah. yeah, and I remember reading something about, about that song specifically. I mean, he was like a pretty well-respected pop rock songwriter and, and they were a well, well-respected group in that circle and that song like had really nothing to do with what they sounded like nope. yeah yeah it but was sort of like their biggest hit by far yeah it was him like having fun writing a dumb power pop song and showing hey i'll just write this really stupid song and then it kind of becomes your calling card and your identity and you can't get away from it mm-hmm. um so that that's yeah a little rough and then i guess i'll add one more please the chrono trigger soundtrack the Chrono Trigger sound ca- yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, Chrono Trigger is an old NES game. Um, okay. Did you ever play video games on the computer using emulators? I did not. So emulators were great. You could download any old game, and you could play it with a rewind and a fast-forward button on oh, your computer. Wow. It's really the only way to beat Mega Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you need the uh, five-second rewind button otherwise, constantly. Otherwise, you're just going to die all over the place. Those games are impossible. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, Mega Man especially is so hard. Okay. <laughs> like, what, my God. What pl- was Mega Man, did it come out as a standalone, like, arcade-style game, or was it on no, NES? No, it would have been NES or Super NES. Okay. So I mainly did those emulators, and there's so many RPGs from back then that are just, like, classic, amazing RPGs, like Earthbound. Uh, Chrono Trigger was, like, a time travel Final Fantasy mix. Um those are so great, especially Tab was fast forward, so I could skip through the cutscenes really quickly. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, th- those games were like, I'm not going to play them again. I don't really game much anymore. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to play them again because I remember them so fondly. And okay. I don't want that to change. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, hold, <laughs> but, on to, hold on to that. Yeah, the aura. Yeah, Chrono Trigger to me, you know, might get some hate here, but it's like a better Final Fantasy. It's like a more interesting um, plot. Got it. Um, and it's not, you know, there's not 19 of them. So <laughs> Chrono Trigger. Spell it C H R. Chrono Trigger. O-N-O. Yeah. Okay. Trigger. Chrono yeah. Trigger. So check out yeah. the soundcast for soundtrack for Chrono Trigger. And uh, on my end, I'm going to keep it pretty straightforward because mm-hmm. my depth of classical music knowledge is now that I've seen what yours is, it is less. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I'm a fan of the classics. Uh, as I say that, I cringe a little bit because this is classical music. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of Beethoven's Fifth. I have a uh, CD in my car uh, that I listen to when I can't uh, get radio service. Uh, when I'm driving down to my parking space in the uh, in the building I live in, so I listen to Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, which I've become quite fond of to the point where I can recognize it just about anywhere I hear it. Because can you hum it? Uh, no, that'll be a no. We don't have the license for it. And that's oh. the excuse I'm going to take. Um, but, uh, I like that one. I do like Beethoven's Ode to Joy. Um, I like, uh, this is tough cause there are songs that I like, but I, or movements or pieces that I like, but at the same time I struggle with not wanting to assign the, uh, the right, uh, the wrong song to the wrong composer. It can be tough. Nobody will fault you for that. Okay. So I know that there's, uh, there's one, uh, there's a, there's one about spring or something like that, and I don't know if it's Vivaldi. Um, it it is uh, Vivaldi. It's a, yes, something, that, that some, classic summer, something, something yeah. spring. Yeah, there's, uh, a, there's a nice piccolo in it or something like that. I'm sure to those of you who are listening, that know, that know I'm not cla- going to hum that, it, that know, just in case. But <laughs> that no classical music. Yeah, you're probably going yeah Vivaldi. You're correct there. Vivaldi's yeah. good. Um, Shostakovich is another composer that I'm fond of. 
Um, of course, Bach, uh, big fan just because his name is similar to mine of Haydn, H-Y-D-E-N. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he didn't quite get the coolest name out of himself, but, uh, but he created a pretty good name for himself that's similar enough to mine that I feel a kindred spirit there. So those are mine, but I would say first and foremost is probably Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Um, I think that one is fantastic. I'm a big fan of Ode to, Ode to Joy. And, uh, and yeah, those are the main ones for me. Boom. Boom. Now, you said Haydn Bach? No, no. Johann there's, Sebastian. There's Johann Sebastian Bach, and then there is another, there's another composer named Haydn. Haydn, okay. I've never heard of that. Yeah, yeah the only reason I remember him is because his name is very similar to mine. Okay. And, um, yep, so that's where we go. Yeah, one I'll add, I don't ever listen to um, any Stravinsky, but uh, I love Tom Waits, if you're familiar with him, and, and he has a couple songs that reference Stravinsky. Um, so he loves Stravinsky, so therefore... If so facto, I love Stravinsky, even though I couldn't name a single Stravinsky tune. Yeah, I think Stravinsky is, uh, that's really one of those answers that you get when you're on Jeopardy. Stravinsky! That is a (laughs) $1,600 or $2,000 question because the lower hanging fruits are Bach. And so generally with Jeopardy, you'll have the more sort of, if it's composers, you can count on one of the the easier three questions in the category being Bach, yeah. Mozart, Beethoven. And then once you get a little bit more difficult, that's when you start getting to the Stravinsky answers. Yeah. Jeopardy, I find, likes to do obscure questions with um, answers that most people have heard of. Exactly. So when you hear the answer, you go, oh, I've heard of that. But the question's always like, this person picked up a penny when they were six and it inspired their 17th symphony. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, what the fuck, uh, Bach? Yep. Yeah, correct. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, shout out to Jeopardy. I have to give that uh, that a quick shout out because I fucking love that show. I think yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Great. I am a huge fan of trivia. Uh, my friends will tell you I'm a huge trivia nerd. And, uh, yeah, shout out to Jeopardy. Now when I think of Jeopardy, I always think of uh, Rosie Perez's character in White Men Can't Jump. Well, tell me more about that. <laughs> Well, she's training to be on Jeopardy, and eventually oh. she wins a bunch of money on it. <laughs> Makes sense. You're so stupid, Billy. I always think of that. Anyway, um, totally disconnected. Uh, let's go somewhere else, Hayden. The cicadas are back. They are. <laughs> so tell it. Yeah, tell our listeners what a cicada is. Um, it's a little bug, and it's mainly in the south. I think you know the east most, coast. I, th- I want. Are they on the east coast? I know the famous, the most famous cicada state is probably like Georgia. So I saw, yeah, that sounds about right. Southeast, yeah, there you go. So apparently they're coming. I saw that uh, a few years ago they uh, they got inadvertently got triggered to release in 2017, but it was only in like Maryland. And so I saw a cl- just a mini warning bloom. I saw a cluster video of them popping up all over Baltimore and basically all over the state of Maryland. But I think the main cicada party, if I were to call it mm-hmm. something, it's is, a party. Uh, it's coming, it's coming this year, or is it coming in waves? Oh, it's it? happening right now, and, and I could be wrong because I, I don't spend too much time researching cicadas, but I believe they come up every 17 years for a giant death orgy. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, What a way to go out, right? <laughs> Hard to argue Like a that. really loud uh, death orgy I've is what they come out for. Def- deafeningly loud, yeah. too. You know what? I heard some cicadas. I was in Kansas not too long ago, and I heard a few cicadas. Yeah, yeah. It, it's such a, it sounds like a uh, power line buzz, Yeah. and I was just like three of them. But they do it in unison. They sync up, and it just gets infinitely louder. Oh, wow. It sounds like when you're standing next to a power line, and it's buzzing with electricity. Yeah, it's it's uh, pretty strange. All um, right. Yeah, so there's an insect death orgy either going on or about to be going. Like, oh, it's happening. It's happening um, right it's now. It's invite only, but, um, you know, you it's, got another it's secret, ongoing. You got another secret cicada handshake? Yeah, okay. yeah. 
there's, there's, a, there's a password there. It's a lot of handshaking <laughs> in the cicada orgy. There's yeah. a password there. Yeah. So I have a question I'm curious about. Sure. Um, you, I know, uh, have a lot of experience surfing, you know, the various places, you know, the, the, I mean, there's the name of all the places and, you know, point breaks and short breaks. And, uh, and so one of the things that I'm curious about Mm. is general protocol for catching waves and what to do when you come across an aggressive sort of aggro surfer bro with regard to wave etiquette is there bullying that goes on out there and sure. how, how does that how does that work when you're out there uh i am the most passive surfer in a lineup like i just don't want anything to do with fighting for waves or anything the typical etiquette is when you take off on a wave the person closest to the peak has priority so if the wave is going right, if you're going to turn right, um, then whoever is closest uh, to the left, if you're facing the shore, would have priority. So it's whoever's at the peak because they're going to have the most speed. Um, the, now, peak, the peak meaning sort of the first person able to catch a wave? Well, the peak at, meaning at the, the first be- portion the begin- that breaks. Yeah, the first, okay. yeah, yeah. If it's nice shape, it should break here and then continue to go outward left and right from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the peak people have priority. Um, that's where longboarders get pretty annoying because they can catch a wave earlier than you. And sometimes they'll take advantage of that. They'll catch a wave, paddle out, catch a wave. And it's like, all right, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come bruh. on. You're not even doing anything. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> um, now here's where things get, uh, a little more complex. If somebody shows the rest of the lineup that they suck and they're going to fall taking off, they lose all credibility and now everybody's going to snake waves from them because it's sort of like, we're not going to waste this on you. Like you can try, but you know, I saw you fall. So you never want to fall on your first wave or something. Um, people are sizing you up just like they would at a pickup basketball court when you take your first shot. It's like if you prove yourself to be a really good surfer, people, you have a lot more leeway. Um, I don't really fight with people. That's why I surf a lot of beach breaks because you can sort of find a spot separate from people. Ultimately the shape's a lot worse. Um, and uh, I'm also goofy footed and I prefer to go left. So uh, even at a point break, maybe I'll find a spot that's breaking right and just yeah. take it left and uh, crash. Um, that's fine. Uh, Have you ever seen people or fisticuffs or a confrontation out there on the water? Um, you, like you've seen some people fighting in parking lots and stuff. I don't really go to the aggro spots anymore. I stay away from that. Have you heard about um, the, the, apparently there's a group of uh, pretty aggro dudes in Palos, you talking about Palos Verdes. Palos Verdes. Yeah. yeah, tell me about that. I've never surfed over there. Okay. Yeah. Which you, is, it's a weird spot to have aggro dudes. Yeah. Have you, <laughs> it's like a really affluent beach community. Have like, you heard yeah. stories about what kind of stuff goes on? I've, I, I know as much as you. I've just seen it like on, I've, if you Google search it, they, they have like a name for the group of people over there. I've heard that it's as, it's as malicious as it's sort of a, Probably a gang is probably the best word yeah. for it. That's the Palos Verdes surfing gang of yeah. sorts. And uh, like you said, Palos Verdes is a is a is a neighborhood slash area in Southern California slash Los Angeles that is very affluent. And so it's all like homes. There's not it's really all, it's apartments all, it's, or anything. It's yeah. large homes. Yeah. It's 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 on a big bluff overlooking the Pacific Ocean. There are some of the biggest, most expensive houses in Southern California mm-hmm. there. And so what's interesting is that at the same time you have that, you have sort of this elite gang of surfer bros and I don't know where they come from. They might be Palos Verdes residents or they might be coming from elsewhere, but I've heard stories about them 
not be taken kindly to outsiders who come in and try and uh, share nature's bounty in the terms of waves. It's so much so that the story I heard is that somebody, while they were surfing, they came back and found that the tires on their car had been <laughs> slashed. Sure, sure, I guess. Um, I mean, those people are clearly morons. <laughs> Like there, there's, it's like anything. There's some aspects of surf culture that are really stupid, and like what you probably don't want to live your life like that. Ah, the stereotypical shakabra, shakabra. You know, yeah, yeah. Hey, Patrick, you know shakabra. Yeah. See, I'm not. I'm not like. That can be fun out there. For those of yeah. you listening, we're doing the shock bra. And, and that, you, you know, I've definitely you, thrown you, a few of those. Well, if you know how to shock a bra, you should shock a bra alongside us. You can throw a few shockas if somebody catches a nice wave and you want to kind of like, hey, what's up? You know. So but, when do uh, you shock a bra somebody? If they have a nice ride. So it's, it's, a, it's like a, a good job. It's a nice ride. Is it also like, I'll see you later, bro? Yeah, it's like, I, I recognize you. Okay. And I see I see you. And is yeah. the genesis of the chakra bra, is it phone? Like, it's because it's your thumb I have and no your idea. pinky sticking out. So is it like, chakra bra, call me? No, it's definitely not that. It's not that. It's just a symbol that says... Yes, Shakabra. I don't know what it means, but I know it's definitely not that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I yeah. hope there's not some poor listener out there that doesn't know what a Shakabra is because we've just dropped that term probably 15 times in the last minute. Oh, they'll learn. In the last minute. So there's no excuse to not know anything anymore. Uh, you can look it up. That's true. So, yeah, yeah if you want to, yeah, if you want to Google search <laughs> Shakabra, you will, you will know. So, so yeah, that is, uh, that is just about time for this today's, uh, this recording actually. And, uh, so, couple of housekeeping items please if you want to get in touch with us you have ideas for the podcast you'd like to be a guest you know somebody that would be a fantastic guest we are an upstart very recently launched podcast trying to get a little bit any traction we can find we are trying any and all types of very uh non-scalable marketing mechanism <laughs> marketing methods patrick is questionably doing a, scalable patrick is doing a phenomenal job i have to give him a ton of credit for as he mentioned earlier having a background in uh music production he has really uh done a fantastic job of spearheading some of the build out of our studio here and making sure that everything tracks and uh and he's been killing it launching and releasing and publishing the podcast and uh so hats off to you first of all i have to give you a very Thanks, sincere sh- i have to give you a very very sincere shout out um, shout out to the, also this very nice lady who we reached out to. Patrick has been trying a, uh, a non-scalable DM strategy. <laughs> so why don't you tell us quickly about that? Yeah, Amy Wilson. Shout out to shout Amy out Wilson. to Amy Wilson. You I've, are a gem. Thank yeah, you. It's for, amazing. Thank you for the screenshot you sent me of your conversation with her. Why don't you quickly? Yeah, tell yeah. Us, I screenshot that message because I thought it was so nice. I, I don't have it pulled up, but um, we we um, I've DM some people just to kind of see you know, who's going to take a shot at listening. And I, I also just want that early feedback so we can kind of adjust things if we need to. Um, I want to make this a valuable show that people are excited when it pops uh, updated at the top of their feed. And there's already a few of those people that that like text me after it publishes, hey, just love the first episode. And, and that's that's pretty cool. Or DM me if they're a new listener. Um, and that's, that's really exciting. But there's a couple of people I just randomly DM'd because they follow things that I'm interested in. So I figured maybe they'd be interested in this. Yeah. And, uh, Amy actually listened and sent me a really detailed, thorough feedback and well, was so, like, hey, I'd love to come on the show and so even, definitely we're going to have you on. The- so even even more than that, what's amazing is Patrick doesn't know this person. We don't know this person. He sent her a message saying, hey, thought you might be interested in this show. Oh, yeah. And then what it's did the she beauty write? beauty of Instagram. And then what did she write back? She wrote back something along the lines a of... A really thorough... No uh, worries, I'll check it out. Yeah. And then at that point, you don't really expect the person to check it yeah. out. And but about Pat- an hour later. And then yeah. Patrick wrote back, yeah, thanks. That'd be so great. We'll give you a shout out. And then she wrote back an incredibly thoughtful, it was probably four or five sentences breaking down, 
feedback on the show, interesting things that she appreciated. Mm -hmm. And we can't tell you how much you're taking the time and effort to not only listen, but write some thoughtful feedback for us. That was really, really wonderful. So thank you to you, Amy. Really, really, really appreciate you. Yeah, there's been a, a, a few people. Um, Adrian Battelle is another one that I met just by DMing, and I've been talking to him about business and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, it's really fun. Uh, feel free to send some messages to the website um, yeah. so we can actually directly answer some questions. I think we're pretty good. I know most shows pretend to be advice shows, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give you the real advice. Yeah, and if you want to uh, help optimize your sleep, uh Check out uh, Vitamin D3 and also Episode 6 of the Deus Life Pod with Dr. Deep Dive. Joel Gould. Dr. Joel Gould. A good friend. uh, Yeah. So in the meantime, this uh, this episode is brought to you by Challenger Men's Care, which is a premium premium personal care line. Uh, I'm the founder and CEO of this business. Uh, It started with one single hairstyling product in one size, and now products have grown. Uh, Product catalog has grown since then, and... uh, happy and fortunate to be helping people have the best personal care days possible. So you can go to Amazon, type in Challenger Men's Care, as well as go to challengercare.com to check out all the products. If you buy anything, please feel free to submit something on the contact us form on either the podcast or challengercare.com to let me know that you found out about, found out about it through the podcast. And, uh, as far as that goes, I think that's just about it for today. Awesome. Well, this has been Deus Life, an aspirational podcast, and we'll see y'all next time. Peace.